0: Caregivers, have you ever felt like nothing is going right? Well, cheer up and welcome to Dave, the Caregivers' Caregiver Radio Program, where you'll learn how to avoid that dreaded thing called caregiver burnout and how to survive the grieving process. Join Dave
1: and his guests now as they share practice tips and tools that you can start using immediately to help get you through this day. Now, here's your caregiver host, Dave Nassani.
2: From Los Angeles in New York City, a big LA and a big Apple. Welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I am Dave, the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co host, Adrian Gruberg, at the Caregiver Space. Say hello, Adrian. Hello. <laughs> Coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on 16 global audio and video platforms. There's iTunes, there's YouTube, there's Spreaker, there's SoundCloud, there's Vimeo, there's Stitcher, there's Blog Talk Radio, there's MixCloud, there's Listen Notes, Blueberry, Player FM, Podcast.com, VIP Internet Radio, Facebook Live, HealthyLife.net, and CaregiverDave.com. And we're proud to be voted number two podcast out of the top six podcasts on Caring.com. For last year we have an exciting show planned for you today don't we Adrian Yes, yes we, do. we do we met this wonderful guest at the National Publicity Summit in New York a few months ago Dr Natalie Bouchon
0: is an <laughs> <Perfect>. Ottawa based <laughs>
2: chiropractor the author she's French you know the <sighs> author of a recently published book Hack Your Health Habits as well as the creator of the Hack Your Health Habits Mastery Program an online health coaching program. She's also the host of What The Hack podcast. Natalie's mission (laughs) is to help people achieve abundance in health, mind, and life. Well, I can't think of anyone who needs that more than caregivers. But before we get started, we're going to take this moment to thank last week's guest, Caregiving Without Stress, Dr. Marvin Marshall is one of America's leading experts in reducing stress, and we all need to reduce our stress. So you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on all our membership, uh, uh, all these sites I just mentioned above, and our membership website, caregiverdave.com. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, no, never mind about that. All right, enough of that. (laughs) Dr. Beauchamp, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. (laughs)
1: I'm so excited to be on, guys. Thank you.
2: Why don't you take a minute, I'd like to ask my guests, to introduce themselves and just tell us who is Dr. Nathalie Beauchamp and why (laughs) was she put on this earth? Pardon? Oh,
1: I I love the way you pronounce my name. This is actually really, really good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's boy. my job. So, <laughs> yes, well, you definitely do a great job of that. So, um, <laughs> my name is Dr. Nami Boshaw. Yes, indeed. And. Um, I've been a practicing chiropractor and natural uh, functional medicine practitioner for the past 24 years. But backtracking, my passion, I think, for health and helping people came from me uh, being anorexic growing up. So, oh, unfortunately, right. at the age of 14, I'm five foot nine. I now weigh 140 pounds. I went down to 89 pounds. So, wow. it was... Not a um, a pretty thing or a healthy thing And it was even dangerous to my health So I got hospitalized in uh, Montreal, Canada uh, at the time and Did they know
2: for... uh, in those days what uh, that was?
1: Well, yeah, actually, surprisingly enough But I think um, the care was probably limited And I always say that you know, I did not relate uh too well with uh the, the Bearded forty-year-old psychiatrist
0: that they had
1: assigned <laughs> to me, so just you know that the connection wasn't there too much. So uh, fast forward several years later, and it took me a while to uh, find tools. And back in the days, you know, you could not Google anorexia and and, and find right. out more about it. So I think that's why my my thirst for knowledge just started. You know, library and could you know I was reading everything that I could, yeah. and then went to Ottawa in health science then chiropractic school and just I keep on learning myself I I'm a, as you can see with the bookshelf behind yes. me I just love books yes. and to me knowledge is power but the application of that knowledge is crucial and that's why the book I've written is called hack your health habits because I wanted to give people the resources, but the habit part to me was really, really important because we can all know what to do, but if we're somehow not able to make those changes in our lives, you know, this is where we fall short. And seeing patients day in and day out for 24 years, I've become really good, I think, at giving little quick tips to people what they can do on a daily basis to move the needle forward kind of thing so um, that's what i'm really passionate about i'm still on a learning um, journey uh, myself Um, so this is the short introduction i guess
2: well and you're very fortunate because uh, many people have not been that fortunate like karen carpenter and and we've lost so many to anorexia bulimia um What's the difference between those two, by the way?
1: So, well, they're very similar, um, and I guess it's the manifestation itself that is different. So anorexia, mm. the, the the typical, I would say, is literally starving yourself to, to death, which I mm. did. Uh, bulimia is usually ingesting food and making yourself regurgitate, so you're not keeping mm. uh, those uh, calories in if you want. Uh, They're very closely related, um, and, you know, they're both in the food disorder category and in um, mental health uh, rounds, uh, for sure. So, again, the treatment might be a little bit different, but I think at the end of the day, the the source and the the causes are are very similar and can really be addressed uh, similarly, for sure.
2: Is bulimia more dangerous than anorexia?
1: Well, it has its own challenges. So anorexia, like if they, there's no um, food taken in, you can see how this person can become nutrition deficient and it mm. can be dangerous. Uh, but making yourself uh, regurgitate uh, like this can be also uh, dangerous and unhealthy uh, obviously so when i mean i would think that most more people have unfortunately lost the battle to anorexia than yeah. Uh but mm. again not uh, i don't have scientific facts on that uh, just from a pure physiological point of view if you know there's so much your body can do if you're not eating or if your body at
2: all, right? Yeah, and maybe the body can absorb whatever nutrients it had before it becomes regurgitated. Who knows?
1: To to a certain extent.
2: Yeah. So, um, how old were you when you feel like you were finally rid of this, or will you ever be? Or, Very good just, question. Are we just so, one like an alcoholic? Are we just one drink away from? From, yeah, uh, Yeah. you know, know,
1: Dave, I use this exact sentence you just used, so for (laughs) me it was at the age uh i will say that that to me once you're anorexic for me and i can't speak for everybody that's had anorexia it is like being an alcoholic that it is always in the back of my mind now it doesn't consume me and 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 rule my days anymore but it's it's definitely uh always something my relationship with food is probably different than somebody that's never had any issues for me, it would be at the age of 30 years of age. So, you know, 16 years of ups and downs and all and mm. around. Um, and then funny enough for me, it was doing natural bodybuilding competitions. And a lot of people oh. I know I was getting some luck saying, Well, isn't it a you know body, um, body uh, image issue? And I would have to say yes, but what I gained from that was the regimen of eating, you know, certain food at a certain mm-hmm. time that just made me see, Oh, okay, this is how normal people eat structure. and then it made my structure is is that uh and made my relationship with food more like okay i need this fuel uh to to perform and, and to be my best so now this is how i perceive uh, food is fuel to fuel. make me mm do what I'm passionate about and do what I want uh, to do. So uh, I did that for four or five years. And then uh, I kind of joke, been there, um, got the t-shirt kind of thing. And it was just <laughs> a, a, a phase in my did life. you build
2: that any muscle at, uh, like in your yeah, arms? You and stuff. Wow. Yeah, you could say, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I, I, now like to stay fit for, for me, not, uh, to hop on stage or, or anything like that, but <laughs> it gave me a better relationship with food. It, made me appreciate my body with its flaws and with it, uh, its imperfection and be okay with it. So it it really helped me in my self-esteem. And again, maybe for another person it could do the opposite, but for me that's what it really did.
2: Do you feel good at 140 pounds? You don't feel fat? And have you had no. children?
1: Uh- no, I have stepkids, so I always joke okay. that uh, I, I skip the part, <laughs> I got them already done, which is awesome. Uh, I thank uh, their mother all the time because um, we're, we're good friends. Um, so, no, I feel great. I, I feel good in my own skin, uh, very much so. And I have locally um, gotten involved quite a bit in um, groups for young ladies to go yeah. and speak to them and so forth, because mm-hmm. to me if i had had someone like me when i was 14 and not a bearded 42 year old psychiatrist <laughs> and i you know no offense to you cuz i'm going to go he's not a psychiatrist
0: <laughs>
2: i am kind of
1: <laughs> am, <right>? <laughs> a, Well, i'm sure you listen well to to people and give good feedback so to me if i could be that a person to look up to or because it was important to me uh, to find someone who had gone through this and would say okay here's what happened and here's where I struggle and here's what you could do. I didn't have that so you know I really got involved uh, locally in, in doing more of that and I'm still in and uh, you know, on the lookout, actually, for other organization where I could potentially and go just go share my experience because I think you feel yeah. really lonely. And mm-hmm. if you have someone that's gone through it and seems like uh, she's got her, her thing together now, you know, it just <laughs> it probably is more inspiring uh, than, uh, than not, right? So. so, you
2: help a lot of young people, especially, no.
1: Yeah, young, and you would be surprised, just this week a patient came in, probably my age, and she's you know mentioned that she's Mm. she has bulimia always had and is still struggling uh with it and Mm. you know so i think there's more than we think and a lot of time it's not um officially um, flagged or diagnosed i'm not a big fan of the diagnosis or labels per se but um i think there's more people than we think that probably don't have a a super healthy relationship with, uh, with food It's a
0: shame-based condition, both of them, right?
1: yes they are yeah and i did a lot of self-reflection after you know why did that happen and 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 i I mean i had a loving family i was never myself overweight to have been picked on because that's Mm -hmm. a typical thing that will happen somebody's overweight and uh, so i'm I'm not quite sure but i think it has to do a little bit with uh, having control over something at 14 Mm. you don't control much right so if you can control the food that you're putting in your mouth you know, it's, it's, it's a certain feeling. And I didn't do it to rebel against my parents. Like it just, I had very loving parents. So it's just, I'm still a bit baffled on, on how it happened, but obviously um, I had some self-confidence issue, body image issue that I needed to sort out. And I think it just made me um, a better person, made me more uh, compreh- uh, more understanding of other people. I have learned, and my mom always used to, to tell me that, that uh, she admired that I don't judge people because, you know, the saying, you've never walked in somebody's shoes, so don't judge. They may, you know, be talking to you in a certain way, but you don't know where they're coming from. So um, I think it made me um, less judgmental of a person and always thinking, you know, where what's happened to this person for her or him to behave in, in that way.
2: Mm, could be genetic too, never know.
1: You never know, you never know genetics are, are important, but on that note I think oftentimes people uh, blame genes too much if you follow yeah. any work by Dr. Uh, Bruce Lipton, you know, 3 to 5% is genetic, 95 to yeah. 97% is is lifestyle. So but again, you know the power of the body and the mind, it's not just physical, it's uh, there yeah. it's uh, multifaceted for sure.
2: So how normal am I because I <laughs> I, for a while now, um, when I hit uh, 170, I feel good about myself, mm-hmm. and I like food, and sometimes I'm good, and sometimes I'm not good, but when I start creeping up there, and I reach that magic number 180, I says, okay, now it's time to do something, and then I'll bring it back down to 170, and I just keep this yo-yo, 180 to 170. Um, I heard it was bad to fluctuate like that, but is, is that bad with 10 pounds? I mean, some people do it with 20 pounds or 30 pounds.
1: Or 40 pounds. Or 40. Yes. So many ways to answer this question. So, of course, having your weight more stable, you know, I would say within 5 pounds is, is probably pounds. better than okay. 10 pounds. But again, weight is one component. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, to maintain... Um, good health it's more the fuel that you're putting in so yeah. you know i don't care that somebody is 165 but if they're feeding themselves uh, sugary high fructose corn syrup and yeah. so forth like so to me health is not just a number on the scale now carrying that extra weight for sure as as an impact but i think it's more the type of food that you're eating and good for you that at 180 you 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 say okay i need to do something about it because unfortunately yeah. you know no, one or two going. pounds a year, yeah. One or two pounds creeps a year, up. it creeps up, and <laughs> we see that often, right? People start families, they're busy with the kids' activity, and then they wake up at forty, and they're, they are forty pounds overweight just from you know lifestyle choices that mm-hmm. uh, that they made. So, so to answer your question, I'd say five pounds is probably better. But it's the quality of the food that you're ingesting that is as important as um, the weight uh, itself is.
2: Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break. Uh, I I stayed on that topic a little longer because uh, I think a lot of people need to have have a good background, a good foundation of what we're about to talk to. So don't go away. We will be right back. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers. But more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our Welcome Pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live Weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. And we're back with Dr. Nathalie Beauchamp and Adrian Gruberg.
0: Adrienne. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, let me know how I should pronounce your name again. <laughs> and uh, let's now navigate the conversation in a different direction, because you're a caregiver, right?
1: Mm, Where you I were, am.
2: former or present or current?
1: Current, right flack okay. in the middle of this.
2: How'd that happen and what, what are you going through?
1: So, my mother got diagnosed with Alzheimer two years ago and it went really, really fast. Uh, so, no history in the family, nothing at all. I uh, was just noticing she was just slower to react, slower to move. And, uh, How old? It, She's uh, 73 now. So at oh, no, that's young. Yeah, that is young. Uh, never been sick in her life other than a few uh, few little things. So, What are went, the symptoms? The symptoms, um, well, at first is um, a lot of anger, a lot of... Um, uh, yeah, she was aggressive because mm. she probably was realizing that something was not right. So we've gone through, through that for, for probably six months. Um, my mom was always a heavy set, uh, person. Now she's down to 120 pounds. So it's a big, mm. big change with that. Um, her, just as of, you know, you said, uh, where are you in the process? I'm right in the middle of it because this weekend I was at the hospital and she's now refusing to put her dentures. So we need to change her, her diet completely. And mm-hmm. she's refusing to, um, to be, uh, washed and taken care of. So, you know, mm-hmm. every day there's a new normal and that's kind of what I'm calling it now. And it was hard for me at first because, i'm i'm a healer this is what i do day in and day out so you know at the beginning it's like okay we need to give you this supplement and this supplement and so Mm -hmm. forth and and i also um experience what people are being told uh meaning you know when i would share that with certain people have you done the you know the protocol for alzheimer and you know my poor dad was just trying to keep keep up with everything and just mm-hmm. give her any type of food, really. Uh, so it just made me realize sometime how selfish we can be in our... I shouldn't say selfish but not as thoughtful as we could with the words to someone who has somebody that is with, with cancer or, or because mm-hmm. we're not in the situation and then you know on paper in the big scheme of things sure but I would have literally to have to uh, close my practice down and just take care of her and to follow those types of protocol mm. um, you know and then you toss in the guilt uh, uh, you know of, <laughs> of all of that stuff so um it's it's not easy and i'm an only child as well mm. my, my father also suffers from um manic disorder mm. uh so i have to attend to him as well so it's it's been a it's been a, a long uh, road in the last two years just you know giving as much attention to my dad as as my mother and they don't live in the same town as me thankfully it's not super far but it well, is together away. Um, um, so now are- my mom are again. they in
2: assisted living or any facility? No, my
1: dad is still at home. Uh, mm. He's physically quite capable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he wanted to stay at home, which I, I can't blame him. So I have to make sure that, you know, I, I drive down and, and stay overnight and spend time with him. And I call him just about every night or every other night just to make sure that he's had a, a good day, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's my new norm. and, um, and that your, mom, norm, your
2: mom is in a facility.
1: She is, she is. She's in a hospital um, in uh, the province of Quebec, and um, a hospital which has a um, third uh, floor wing uh, Mm. strictly for Alzheimer patients. Mm -hmm.
2: Tell us how hard it was to put her there.
1: Um, That was a hard decision, Um, probably more on my dad than myself, uh, because... Um, I was seeing how my dad's health was deteriorating and how stressed out he was and what really did it is that she had a fall and they were both on the ground for probably, you know, half an hour, mm. had to phone the ambulance and so forth. So I think he, he really saw that he couldn't take care of her and mm-hmm. then it's the, it's the guilt, right? So maybe I could, and then he would flip flop and him being right. maniaco uh, or, or you know it just his mood would flip up and down and it was hard for me because some days like no 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 I'm okay I can do this I can do this and then the next day he was just losing it um, yeah. and losing it on her not physically or anything like that. Right. And, Did you
2: have uh, to make the final decision?
1: uh no that fall really did the decision made the decision for us because mm. she had to be hospitalized and then they really saw okay. how far along she yeah. was cat scan was done and, and saw the um you know quite a bit of brain atrophy and so forth yeah, those
2: falls so, can be a blessing sometimes <laughs>
1: yeah and for, fortunately she didn't break anything but yes i think that's uh that's uh, so we went through that uh, guilt even when she uh, was in the hospital uh, where she stayed 8 months on a regular floor because our I mean depending of what state what province uh, people are 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 the system uh is going to be providing care differently mm-hmm.
0: um
1: and then she was put into a uh, private facility for a few months because they didn't have room and oh my god I felt like it was the the Taj Mahal for her because it was just <laughs> not that not that it was pretty or anything like that but just a small place Nine people, two workers at all Mm. times, home cooked meal in the crock pot, and Mm. they just had a way with them. You know, they would make them dance and sing and just, you know, it was super small. And I was hoping and praying that they would kind of forget her there, but. uh, After four months, I received a call that she had to be moved within a couple a couple days, and um, yeah, so I was really sad about that. She's still getting good care where she's at, but it's just a, a larger facility and um with her not being steady on her feet, I'm always afraid that she's going to fall, and we know what comes after that oftentimes for 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 people so.
2: You're bringing back such painful memories for me Because both of my mother and mother-in-law went through this And uh, a lot of it you just want to forget But uh, I was Mm. reliving it as you were talking Um, You mentioned the word guilt a lot Mm -hmm. How do we get over that guilt? Because I always say there's undeserved guilt and there's deserved guilt And and you treat them both the same way You just kind of throw them away But there's a process, you know, with undeserved, you know You fix it somehow. You make restitution. You turn yourself into the police. You say you're sorry, (laughs) whatever it is. Yeah, and and undeserved. You just ignore it because you don't deserve it. So, how do you? I'm, you I'm
1: I'm I'm answering this question not as a doctor because this is not my specialty. I want people to understand. I'm answering this as a daughter. Um, I think we have to accept the fact that it will fluctuate, uh, that we can't add all the best intention at first. I'm going to go twice a week. And, you know, I had made myself a little schedule and then realized, my God, I'm not being realistic with this. And even people in in my family saying, you know, Natalie, you don't have to go every week, you know, she just doesn't even know that you have gone. But, you know, for me, it was more giving her love. You know, that I know when I'm there, I'm hugging her, I'm kissing her, I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make her laugh. And I know she won't know that I've, I've gone, but to me, it's like that moment, uh, you know, however short it was that I she can feel that she's still loved. Um i go by bouts that i can go more often sometimes i travel and i can't and being an only child it's not like i can't phone up a brother and a sister and say Mm. hey i'm out of town for for a bit can you go and check up on mom so it, it is tough um uh Fortunately, my dad is still physically able to, to go, and since she's been in the new facility, he seems to go more often, which is mm-hmm. awesome for me, because I know that uh, she's taken care of in that sense, and it's so cute, because I bought them um, a Vitamix for for my dad to make, you know, concoction, as as he calls it, and he still does that, and he brings that to the hospital, to her, at least uh-huh. every single day, so we know she's getting, you know, some some decent nutrition. Nutrition. And, Yeah, there. So which is kind of nice. But it's it's and then, you know, she has friends or they have friends, but um, older age group, it's not around the corner. So, you know, the visits are probably a little bit more sporadic than they used to be. Her own siblings are older than her. So, I mean, I can't ask my 80 year old you know uncle to drive 45 right. minutes uh you know every week so uh, at first i kind of was okay let's get a, set a schedule and that's okay you go visit that day and i soon realized that uh you can't do that how okay. far <laughs> are you from each other father
2: um, your father from your my father is you. an
1: hour away from me and my mom is half an hour and thankfully it's right flat in the middle so uh-huh. half an and
2: they hour are your father's me. 30 minutes from her
1: Yes. So we often meet there, we'll spend time, then we go for for coffee together and so forth. So to answer it, that was a long answer, but to answer your question to the guilt, I'm not expecting it to go away, to be honest. I know (laughs) that I will have some bouts that I will feel more guilty. And when I go, I just try to be fully present with her. And um, I'm fortunate she, she still recognizes me. So mm. I just love hearing my name or saying my name. She just my, can't my remember the last this.
2: time you were there.
1: Oh, even if I go to the bathroom, she won't remember that I'm uh-huh. there. So right. her oh, short know. term is, is that short. But hey, I'm, I'm counting my blessing that right now she knows who I am and gets as excited, I think, as the day I was born to see me. So uh-huh. you know, mm. to me, it's it's, it's, uh, it's gold. So, is that so guilt just,
2: that you still feel and will continue to feel, is it deserved? Do you think? Uh,
1: no. Or are you no, just
2: being not. hard on yourself?
1: Well, is guilt really uh, always something that is deserved? I don't think no. so. I think guilt is. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Eh? Guilt is more an emotion that we experience. And I. I I like to think of emotion as energy in motion and I really try not just with guilt to let emotion are real you can't deny them but I really uh, try to let them flow through me and pass through me but not consume me. I listen to them because obviously they have a teaching um, uh, for us but I and and, and I'm not perfect here but this is kind of Mm -hmm. my philosophy that why am I feeling this emotion and kind of learn from it, let it flow uh, through me. And um, sometime it's easier than others. Uh, sometime I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm getting this, I'm getting this, but it's expecting that next time I go visit, it's gonna be completely something different. Yeah. And Saturday was the no denture, Whoa, you know, we don't look so good uh, with no dentures. So that was a <laughs> bit of a shock for me. So I'm like, Mom, where are your dentures? Obviously, she doesn't know. In the bathroom, they were there where they're supposed to do. To be went to the, the one of the um, uh, nurse nursing staff, and I said, What happened to my mom's? Uh, she's like, She's been refusing to uh, put them for the last put them in for the last week. They don't want to force it, which I understand uh, to a certain extent. But me being a doctor, I'm like, Okay, you know, wh- how is that? going to affect her food or absorption and, and all of that stuff but then I said you know what Natalie it's uh, you got her roll with it and um, I often stay for for dinner with her to make sure I can help with her eating and I'm feeding her stuff that I would not feed her on another um, in other circumstances but I'm just being the daughter at that point, not the doctor. And mm-hmm. I'm just going with uh the flow and I mean she is getting as good as as um of a care as uh as as I think is possible. The staff is great, nurturing and so forth. So you really have to let go of your expectation and your standard mm-hmm. and you know even the way she looks sometimes the days that I go and right. you know just it just it's not my mother my mother was always someone that had her hair done every week and her lipstick and you know she just <laughs> would not go out not uh, you know not looking decent so i miss seeing that part and when i go I often do her hair, but now mm-hmm. we're at a point that it, you know, it's even curling her hair. She's all agitated yeah. and doesn't sure. understand. So I had to let go and say, okay, it's going to be my mom with no teeth and flat hair. And i just going <laughs> to you know, go with this, right?
2: So. And I can understand the guilt because, like you said, even though she doesn't remember the last time you were there, because my mother. Oh, where have you been? I haven't seen you in a month I said, Mom, I was here yesterday (laughs) And it's like, um, just knowing that she gets so excited when she sees you That's hard to not feel guilty to saying, gee, I can make my mom feel good today If I would just go, yet I was just there two days ago and I can't go And yeah. yeah, is that deserved or undeserved? I don't know but it's an emotion, like you said, and it just reminds us that you still have a mother And one day you won't,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: make the most of it, and so on
1: Yeah.
2: But uh, would you agree with that?
1: Oh, I totally would agree
2: Anything to add, Adrian?
0: I just had a question You said that your mom had, hmm. had been heavyset Yes um, Do you think that there was
1: anything in her eating habits that contributed to the Alzheimer's? I do. I do. So it's never one thing. So I want people to, you know, really right. grasp that concept. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that she brought this upon herself. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I think our health um, becomes everything that we've done throughout the year. So my mom was always a visit, um, was on centroid medication for thyroid issues, was a school teacher, very performant for 35 years, and she would uh, have hard time sleeping. So she would take some medication for uh, decreased anxiety and for sleeping. And now thinking back, it was for many, many years. And now we now know uh there's research coming out that benzo drugs are uh, can be associated with Alzheimer and dementia. Uh, so you know all of this uh, can it trigger? Can it be that sadly perfect storm that will lead to that? I I strongly believe so. I got us tested uh, for one of the Alzheimer genes, the APOE4 uh, genes, and mm-hmm. neither of us have it. So not to say that it's completely rolled out genetically. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this is more complex than, than one gene. Uh, but it made me feel good in a way to know that it wasn't it made me feel bad and it made me feel good in a way that it was not genetic. And then, you know, more guilt for sure to say, Yikes, you know, should I have intervened sooner with her? Uh, But back then, I wasn't at home. More guilt, yeah. (laughs) And back then, I was not close to home because I went to do my study much further. Um, So, yeah, there's that guilt of, you know, trying to, here I am teaching health and helping tons of other people. Could have helped my mom more. You know, was she ready to accept it? Right. Later on, their lifestyle changed quite a bit. I would say the last five, ten years, she went to a, a, a healthier weight. Uh, but I was just looking at photo of her when she was teaching and, and you know, really busy with everything. And, you know, you, you could tell that she was, what she was, was struggling. What was her high weight? 205. So wow, that's a lot. She's 5'9", so... Farmers' girl, so big bone, that kind of thing. Uh, it's not like you know she was uh, morbidly obese, but carrying, uh, carrying definitely more weight than she. So there could have, have so. been a yeah. genetic
2: thing going on with you and your anorexia, because maybe genetically, you know, your body uh, was tempted to be larger, and uh, you know, maybe you. Really I don't know. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm not one to blame genes too easy. Uh, uh, so <laughs> what, I don't What was know, the most you
2: weighed uh, ever?
1: Ever? Yeah. 170. Okay. Yeah, so 89 pounds to 170. So, cool. I mean, we have so much more to learn with genetic sure. uh, testing and all of that stuff, so I don't don't even want to go that route because I yeah. think we're well, still missing you. too much information.
2: Yeah. Listen, let's take another break, and we'll be right back, so don't go away. Annie, The caregiver's caregiver has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Reclaim your caregiver sanity by learning when to say yes and when to say no. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. And he now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his incredible caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Reclaim your caregiver sanity by learning when to say yes and when to say no will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today Or buy one for your special caregiver. On sale everywhere and at CaregiversCaregiver.com. And we're back with me, Dave Nassani, Adrian Gruberg, my guest and no not my guest, my co host and my (laughs) guest, Nathalie Beauchamp. I love saying that. Um, I have a question. You said something about Alzheimer's gene that intrigues me. Um, do they have a dementia gene also, uh, and how can we be that for that? Not that the I know of. Not that I know
1: of. Yeah. So yeah, my far, had well,
0: dementia.
1: I mean, pardon me.
2: My mother had dementia. And I was always wondering, you know, if if I might get totally. it one day. Because I think
1: we're, we're really at the tipping point Of discovering more and more and more and more uh, The Alzheimer gene is done uh, with the Well,
0: um, one
1: of them is the 23andMe um, and, and, and and again, I'm not saying that's the only gene That's affecting Alzheimer no. I always believe it's it's more than one And to try to zoom it and narrow it down to one thing I think we're, we're kind of missing the boat There is
2: a difference between Alzheimer and dementia right oh mm-hmm.
1: yes yeah yeah very much
2: so, so um, uh, unless you are officially diagnosed Alzheimer's they just kind of the dementia
1: yes and I think where it gets confusing is that the they they the always they they don't always, but they often crisscross. So you'll have dementia, Alzheimer, and even Parkinson. So my mom mm. is manifesting some Parkinson sign, not so much in the tremor, but in her gait, in her shuffle, like she's mm. shuffling a lot, in her balance and so forth. And talking to her her, her um, physician, I voiced my concern about that, and she says they often go hand in hand. So that's yeah. why I think we have so much. Work to do when it comes to learning About the brain it is such a Complex thing right you think of it It's like our, our motherboard for our Computer and yeah. you know it's, um, it's complex and it
2: lets Us down a lot it certainly lets me down A lot my brain and my memory And my short term memory and, <laughs> and my mother had uh, dementia And uh she was kind of like a cross between Martha Stewart. Wow, no, if they're Stewart. Um, Gracie Allen, uh, Edith Bunker on, on All in the Family, and Ruth on um, or the Golden, Golden Girls. Girls. Not Ruth, what's her name?
0: And, um, yeah, and, whatever I, I, her the, name is. The, the, the
1: taller
2: Rose? One. Uh, Rose? Rose. Rose on the Rose. Golden Girls.
1: okay, yeah.
2: Uh, you know, just kind of ditzy and airhead. And she's been like that all her life. And it's so hard when you're that kind of a person. To know when dementia comes on because they always acted that way (laughs) But when you get the phone calls in the middle of the night It says, does AM mean that it's nighttime Or does PM mean that it's nighttime, you know, on her clock And Mm -hmm. so that was the first clue I says, oh my gosh, this is more than just being dingy
0: he has got a problem
2: And so I saw this ad on Facebook three years ago uh, Early dementia, Alzheimer's detection free uh, study and so I signed up because I don't want to be the last one to know that I've got it you know and my kids are mm-hmm. whispering up behind my back we better take away his keys you know the car <clears throat> and yeah. so I go every six months to get my test and to my shock they says well you're right close to the borderline I says, oh great <laughs> <laughs> and so every they said there's things you can do you know and then I, I think I started my radio show shortly after that and uh, my scores started getting better and better because I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I have to think on my feet here. I don't mm-hmm. like crossword puzzles. In fact, I hate them. I just can't <laughs> me do <them>. they frustrate <laughs> me, too. me. And I know they say those are great uh, things to do. But uh, my scores are getting better, but I'm still dangerously close to the borderline. So maybe I'm just kind of, you know, that ditzy kind of a person as well. And uh, so uh, it may be hard to find out if if I ever get it because of my behavior But I certainly don't want to be the last one to find out And I want some objective uh, yeah,
0: So I
2: recommend that for those of you who also have concerns
0: I don't Definitely. see you as ditzy oh, all, days. Good,
2: good, good <laughs> Ask my wife and you'll get another answer <laughs> yeah. She sees a side of me that, you know uh, i'm always losing things around the house you know and i'm i'll leave to go to work and i'll come back because i forgot something then i'll leave again i'll come back
1: three yeah. times
2: i think was the record that i came back and yeah. so you know those sometimes we just have things. too
1: much on our head on, on our mind right. right yeah i think right. <laughs> yeah. that i mean that's
0: very that stuff's very common
2: yeah, they tell me if you forget things but then you later remember them, then you're okay, you know, but mm-hmm. if you forget things and they're gone forever and they never come back, you know, you get like hard hard drive uh, um, sectors burned mm-hmm. out or something, and that's something to be mm-hmm. concerned about. So let's talk about your patients, doctor, and, and, the, and what you do for um, other patients. Uh, maybe you deal with c- caregivers as well because everything we're talking about is great information for caregivers because they are just – they're suffering with guilt and they're suffering with, you know, what do I do with mom who's got dementia and, and you know, what what are your patients like and, and uh, how do you deal with them? And you have some stories you want to share about that.
1: Yeah, so um... – I, throughout the years, I've had many patients who were caring for other people. And, and, you know, the last two years, I can so resonate even more because I'm going through it myself. So um, you're right that, uh, you know, the oxygen mask, I always give that example as well. And and I like to be that voice for them that when they come, I can listen and and just remind them to take care of themselves, right? And sometimes, you know, you hear it from your friends and family, but sometimes I think it has a different impact when it's coming from somebody that you've been seeing for years, that you trust, that is your 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 healthcare practitioner. So definitely um, sleep is a huge, uh, a huge, huge thing. And I always say when I'm interviewed about the book, you know, what is the number one hack that one can do? And I would say making sure that you're getting good, restful uh, sleep. The other big thing too is uh, our food. And to go back to your, your situation, that's another huge thing that you can do. Uh, to cut the sugar, you know, and um, sugar can cause inflammation. Uh, as in osteoarthritis, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, but brain inflammation is not good either. So making sure that we decrease our simple sugar is, is huge. From a diet perspective, the omega-3s are, are, are great, making sure that we're feeding ourselves the good fat, the salmon, the avocados, the nuts. Uh, I mean, our brain is in big, um, in big, uh, a big component of it mm. is uh, cholesterol. Uh, is is fats. Our cell membranes are by by um, their layers of, of fat basically and they're encompassing everything that we need so I think in recent year we've gone you know cut the fat cut the fat and I think we've changed fat for sugar and I don't think it's helping um, anything actually dementia and Alzheimer have been called uh, type 3 diabetes now we know mm. that it can lift, wow. literally cross the brain barrier and have an impact great reads on that are um, Dr. Mark Hyman um, he's got some good information uh, on there. Uh, Dr. Uh, Danielle Amen um, as well. So there's a lot more coming out now acknowledging that body inflammation is not good and brain inflammation is not good as well. So food-wise, that's, that's great. And then oftentimes what's overlooked is uh, supporting the adrenals the adrenals are the glands that are producing uh, adrenaline and that's why we'll say oh my god I almost got in an accident my adrenaline was pumping so that's the short uh, acute response but the chronic um, uh, response is uh, abnormal cortisol level so at first there's three phases of adrenal fatigue and I have this conversation with patient because you know if they're in phase one you know what can we do to support because we don't want them to manifest to phase two and phase three where cortisol is just all tapped out and from for women it even affects our sex hormone because there's something called Uh, adrenal steal or cortisol steal where the cortisol is going to try to, you know, get produced and it's going to steal some building blocks of our sex hormone, estrogen and progesterone and DHEA and even for man, testosterone. So it's, it's you know, and then you see this cascade of of things that are happening. So the sleep, the good foods, uh, decreasing the sugar and then making sure that you're not suffering from adrenal fatigue and if you are, obviously the lifestyle needs to be um, addressed, uh, but there's good herbal supplements that people can take to support the adrenals because sometimes, I even had to take it myself, sometimes, you know, life happens and things are being thrown at you, and you're like, whoa, hold on a second here. So I knew that it was going to be temporary, but I knew that I needed that extra help with more supplements and be more regimented with my sleep. I mean, there are some days I would say to my husband, 7.30 on a Saturday night, good night, honey, I'm going to bed. I need that sleep, right? So I really made an effort. Yeah, I'm sure, right? So I really still to this day make um, a conscious effort to say no when you were talking about that in in, you know with the book cover I could see uh, David when to say yes and when to say no and that's exactly an example of that to say no to going out Maybe on a Saturday night just because I knew that at that point I was pushing the envelope and I was pushing my adrenals and I needed to to rest
2: caregivers are always pushing their envelopes <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I yeah, and even you know to go back to my dad when he was taking care of my mom I often asked myself could I even take care of her for one day on my own? <laughs> I, I think the answer would have been no, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, that's like, you know, kudos to you, and, you know, they've been married 52 years, and this is how it's done kind of thing, wow. so it's, um, yeah, so that's usually the advice that I will give to people, and then just, you know, listening, not giving advice You know, I'll give them advice from, you know, what to eat and to sleep because they're expecting it from me. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a doctor, but for everything else, you know, just listen. That's, you know, I just, we just want when it's us, we just want to tell the story. We don't want to, you know, necessarily hear, oh, so-and-so had to deal with it and and so forth. Just oftentimes is just listen. And my husband knows. He knows when I get into that mode, when I come back to see my mom, he just sits there and, He listens and he knows that I'm not looking for a solution here Because there's none And Mm -hmm. this was the normal this Saturday night And I don't know what next Saturday night is going to be And, you know, it's just to to roll with it, right?
2: Wow, amazing Adrian. any thoughts?
1: Well, you have a lot (laughs) of wisdom (laughs) Uh, it's, It's a work in progress, isn't it? Yes, it is
0: uh, yeah, I, had, I had a
1: me me girl. Um,
0: care, since since caregivers don't necessarily have that time to sleep, um, yes. what supplements would like just off the top of your head that would be good for for anyone to be taking?
1: Well, an adrenal support would definitely be good, and then you know naps are great right i know personally i'm not a good napper but i know my dad for instance you can sit the man in a chair for 10 minutes he's gonna sleep sitting and he's gonna be like a new person after so if you're lucky enough to be a good napper and Mm -hmm. you can somehow during the day take those naps please Mm -hmm. um Melatonin would be a good supplement to help balance that cortisol because they kind of work in in opposite one goes up the other one goes down but I'm never one to take a supplement just for the sake of taking a supplement if we um, can try to go to the source of the problem but if sometime yes behavior but if sometime it's it's really not doable those are two things that I would definitely uh, Mm -hmm. suggest.
2: So th- you are a chiropractor. There's there's so many different kinds of chiropractors out there. There's the Palmer method. There's the cervical. I mean, what kind are you?
1: I'm what? I'm what it's called a diversified? How's that? Kind
2: of <laughs> I've never heard of that one before. I'm gonna write that
0: one down. So,
1: um, oh my goodness! And and I think we all graduate chiropractors, and then we have a certain set of tools, and as we progress in our own practice, we keep adding tools to our toolkit. And I think after 24 years, if I went back to everybody that I graduated with, we're probably so different, and yet mm-hmm. we've learned the same thing. So yeah. I really feel that my um, my my profession, um, we we go in all sorts of different directions depending on the results we see, our passions, um, Uh, Yeah, so it's just to me, my approach is whatever tool I need to help the person that's on my table. So I use a variety of of technique, but also with the book and with my online programs, I -hmm. wanted to give people the support from a lifestyle point of view, right? Because people don't know what they don't know and there's a lot of information out there it can be overwhelming and sometimes people just give up it's like oh my god like one day vitamin d is good the next day it's gonna give you this and they're like oh my god i don't know what to do anymore isn't it so (laughs) that's what i wanted to do with the book is zoom in what's important i mean i don't have all of the answer i'm not pretending that i do but then i reference other books if they want to go and read more but at least you know i covered pretty much all the, the facets of of health in the book and in in my online stuff so i can guide people and it's at just, it is also at, at a self pace because schedules are probably going to be all over the place so to me it was easy that the book was in bite size and Uh the training is is short enough video that you're not going to sit there for five hours and 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 integrating those things because if you do it all at once it's overwhelming and people give up let's face it but if you change little things then it can have an effect i always say if you change one habit a month so that's not too overwhelming. At the end of the year, you'll have improved potentially on 12 different habits. And this is yeah. when you really mm-hmm. can get some
2: of And I always say, you know, it, it took a series, multiple bad decisions to get where you are today. And you're not mm-hmm. going to change overnight, but no. it's going to mm-hmm. take a multiple series of good decisions. So hold up your book mm-hmm. again. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that's a huge book as far as uh, 8 and a half by it 11. Is. Oh, and it's it a thick is. book Look. too. Yeah, One inch thick 600 and
1: plus page. Wow, it's an <laughs> encyclopedia. <laughs> work. It, it is.
2: So how would somebody use this? They can't just start reading it from cover to cover, right? Uh, is it uh, designed well, to be could, or a reference or they book?
1: Could, it, it can be, and the sections are re- really well laid out. So, for instance, if somebody had adrenal issues, there's a chapter on this. If somebody had Open it up. Let me see how big
2: the print is. It's,
1: uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you.
2: Okay. It's not, yeah. not
1: tiny, tiny. A lot of high.
2: information in there.
1: Yeah, lots of information. I infused some humor in there. I even have <laughs> a fictitious character. Her name is Catherine. She's 42 years old, and we're kind of reading the book through her her eyes of, you know, she's got two mm-hmm. kids and is a busy mom with a career. So I'm, okay. you know, I was really trying to make it fun. And I know right. a lot of people who have read the book have said that it has become a reference guide because they know, oh yeah, there was a chapter on yeah. intermittent fasting or whatever the topic may be. So.
2: All right, so how can somebody get a hold of you, buy the book, uh, make a chiropractic appointment? Well, you're in well, Canada. it's, it's
1: you've got to be in my city <laughs> for chiropractic care, so that might be a, a more of a challenge. But the book is available on all the different platforms, Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and Indigo in Canada and, you know, uh, everywhere pretty much. and Or on the website, hackyourhealthhabits.com.
2: Habits, uh, um, Love the title. I
1: have a Thank you. I have a seven-day challenge that people can even sign up for free. Um, It's uh, DrNatHealthChallenge.com. It's free. I send them an email every day with a workout, a nutrition tip, a meditation. It's uh, Again, it's just to get people going and and experiencing and trying uh, new
2: things. Yeah. Adrian, how do we get a hold of you and what have you got going on at the caregiver space lately these days? (laughs)
0: Um, <laughs> well, I know Corey's, make, Corey's making changes uh, We're starting a new pen pal program but, um, Oh,
2: that sounds like fun Yeah And you got um, all your groups you got the got after caregiving you got, cancer, yeah. you got cancer You've got daughters you got sons you got got uh, long-term LGBT. care Spouses LGBT Yep Wow, can't yep. keep track of it It keeps yep. growing No, it
0: keeps growing <laughs> uh, And it's Adrienne at the caregiverspace.org and awesome. everything else is the caregiverspace.org or the caregiverspace
2: so great and again, a reminder that all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on our membership website and all those other platforms that i mentioned earlier the caregiverdave.com and we have three free gifts for you at caregiverdave.com check it out no obligation and then please consider joining our membership website it's a tremendous value there's there's lots of stuff there to help you stay alive and burnout free. And as a special bonus for joining for a limited time, I'm offering a free hour of coaching uh, with every single membership. So, Dr. Beauchamp, Adrian, and all my listeners, thank you again for tuning in. So, until next week, same time, bye bye. <laughs>
1: Thank you for listening to the Caregiver's Caregiver Radio Program with Dave Nassani.